Bill's had to be the yuppiest blues bar in Chicago. Tucked away on a quiet street in Evanston, the place had a clean floor, polished tables, and wonder of wonders, a spotless bathroom. Unlike the blues joints downtown, which were full of smoke and booze and late-night angst, Bill's sported gaily colored prints of dark-skinned dancers on the walls, and a card on tables explained that the first show of the night was non-smoking. There was even a family show on Sundays. Only on the North Shore. Ignoring interested glances from several men at the bar, Georgia ordered a soda. The second half of Joe Moss's set thundered through the speakers, and the place was packed. As Joe cried about his baby leaving him, Georgia tapped her fingers on her leg, feeling the wailing guitars and pulsing beat. Another number, and she'd be transported to a place where the pain of unrequited love, of being broke or drunk, was tempered by a bass guitar, funky keyboard, and raspy tenor. When her drink came, she forked over a couple of dollars and swiveled around. A couple was already dancing in the aisle. Her friend Samantha used to say you could tell how a guy would be in bed from the way he danced. Georgia wasn't so sure. Matt couldn't dance at all. He'd throw himself around with more energy than skill, his body all limp and wiggly. But he knew all the right moves between the sheets. She felt a tingle work up her spine. She forced it back. At the back of the bar, four fresh-faced guys sat around a small table, their eyes locked on the stage. She'd called Tommy Cashian's home earlier tonight. No, Tommy wasn't home, a harried-sounding woman said. No, she wasn't sure where he was, but he'd probably end up at Bill's. He usually did on Fridays. When the woman asked who was calling, Georgia thanked her and disconnected. Now she picked up her drink and strolled to the back of the bar. Her long blonde hair was down, and she was wearing tight jeans and a turtleneck. A multicolored pashmina, her only concession to fashion, was draped around her neck. As she approached their table, one of the boys glanced up, gave her the once-over, and smiled. Normally she would have ignored him, but tonight she smiled back. Are you Tommy Cashian? Disappointment flickered across his face. Then a cagey expression took its place. Who wants to know? A thousand possibilities came to her, but in the end she played it straight. I'm Georgia Davis and I'm a private investigator. She had to shout to be heard. Which one of you is Cash? Heaving a sigh, the boy pointed to a young man sitting across the table with long, dark hair, a slim build, and piercing eyes. He wore a Hawaiian shirt over his jeans. A long-sleeved thermal shirt poked out underneath. A pair of shades perched over his crown. At the sound of his name, he tore his eyes from the stage. He, too, checked Georgia out. She saw a glimmer of appreciation. She moved to him. Cash, mind if I talk to you? Alone? He frowned. Who are you? She introduced herself. He turned back to the band. 
For a moment, Georgia thought he was ignoring her. Then he scooted back his chair and stood up. The drummer was into a solo riff, with Joe Moss, the keyboard player and the bass player, nodding approvingly. Georgia motioned Cash to follow her outside. After the pounding noise in Bill's, the quiet outside was a welcome reprieve. So, what do you play? she asked, although she already knew. Bass guitar. Blues. And rock. He wiped his hand across his mouth. Hey, what's this about? You didn't bring me out here to talk about music. But he didn't sound hostile, and he lounged against the wall of the building, looking comfortable and composed. Georgia couldn't help comparing this self-possessed kid to the bundle of insecurities and raw nerves she'd been at that age. It's about you and Monica and Sarah Long, she answered. A serious look came over him. Was he going over his script? The lines he'd rehearsed in case someone asked? He pushed off from the wall. What do you want to know? I think you know. I have an idea, he admitted. So tell me. You want to know about me and Sarah, why I broke up with Monica, and why we went back together, and if there's any connection to Sarah's murder. Not only composed, but smart. She could see why Monica Ramsey and Sarah were attracted to him. Actually, he went on, I was kind of wondering when someone was going to come around. Are you saying no one's asked you about any of this? When he shook his head, she added, Not even the police? Nope. The sound of the band inside was muted, but a few twangs from the guitars and thumps from the bass rumbled through the walls. You're not with the police, he said. I'm working for Cam Jordan. At his frown, she explained. He was arrested for Sarah's murder. Right. The crazy guy. You know him? He shook his head again. She saw no guile in his manner. Curiosity, but that was it. So, tell me about Sarah. He straightened up and took his hands out of his pockets. I bumped into Sarah over the summer. She was... Well, Monica was back east with her family. Sarah and I, we, we hit it off right away. She was fun. While the cat's away, Georgia said. He shrugged. So what happened? We hung out a few times. Blues Fest, Printer's Row. I took her to Buddy Guy's. Even brought her here once. I liked her. He stopped. When he didn't go on, she asked, How much did you like her? Even in the dim light, she saw his face redden. I wanted... Hell, I was ready to get involved. But... Sarah put me off, wouldn't let me. It wasn't for want of trying. I tried not to be an asshole, but she was so sweet and so sexy and just, well. So you and Sarah were seeing each other while Monica was out of town. 
What happened when she came back? The day Monica came back, in August, I told Sarah I was going to break up with her. Monica, that is. I called her and was on my way over to her house when Sarah called me. She said we had to meet. A sad look unfolded on his face. What happened? I met her at the bookstore where she proceeded to dump me. Sarah dumped you. She told me not to break up with Monica, that I belonged with Monica, not her. His eyes met Georgia's. She said, it was weird. It kind of came out of left field. She said I was too good for her. What did she mean by that? I don't know, he said, shaking his head. I kept asking her, but she wouldn't say more. Just said we weren't right for each other. He looked at Georgia with a pleading expression. She wouldn't explain. She just kept telling me not to ask. Eventually, he looked down again. Eventually, I let it go, and I left. Georgia knew how that felt.